0: So were you guys conscious of uh, staying away from kind of a Grindhouse effect as far as being along the same lines as uh, Quinn Tarantino's attempt at doing some sort of exploitation film? In terms of uh, visuals or in terms yeah. of... Yeah. It was weird because, uh, you know, Mike had, had the idea before, you know, I, I, I didn't really know that much about Grindhouse or knew anything about it. It hadn't come out yet, And so, you know, we were well on our way involved in this when Grindhouse came out. And, I mean, it was, I, I liked Brian House. I enjoyed it. I mean, I especially enjoyed the trailers. I, I love Machete and all that stuff. But, I mean, you know, I'd say that you did have the benefit of, of seeing how it, people responded to it. And also, you know, just taking another direction. In, in terms of visually, I wanted the movie to look like a pristine copy of a 70s movie. And I think they went the other way of shooting it, say, more digitally. And then trying to dirty it up through digital means. So, I try to take the opposite approach. Yeah, well, from, from
1: the onset, this was supposed to be done. We wanted it to look like it's 1974. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the really short thing I always would say to people in describing the, what I envisioned for the film, what was that? Was that if you were looking at this film, you would swear you were watching a black exploitation film mm-hmm. uh, of, of the 70s. And I, I guess there's some other things like sometimes it gets... Compared to, undercover brother and grindhouse and uh, and uh, uh, I'm gonna get you sucker. I'm gonna get you sucker. When none of these m- occurred in the '70s, but you know they had kind of this hybrid thing that mm. they were they were doing. Yeah, he's grinding. Yeah. Grindhouse didn't occur in the '70s either. No, yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they tell you about yeah. I didn't even that. But it's, yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah, so it's yeah just some kind of
2: other thing. Yeah, yeah. I was watching Thickest Thieves this afternoon. Oh, okay. And I noticed that the elements that you seemed to be really enjoying making were the comedic elements and the thrill elements seemed to be completely slapdash and almost <laughs> perfunctory. Like you weren't interested and in the ending kind of it reveals that, that it was just like uh-huh. totally, I, I think deliberate, I'm assuming deliberate, like uh-huh. un, undramatic ending, just kind of a, mm-hmm. you know, the, the life moves on. And I was wondering with this and Black Dynamite, were you having a problem getting funding if you were to make exactly the movie you wanted, because Black Dynamite still has moments of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. But that's not how a Black Blaxploitation movie would have been made, obviously. So did you have problems trying to make the movie that you wanted in no. both of those instances? Uh, well, I mean, there are, just, there are two separate instances.
0: With Black Dynamite, the, the funding came together, I mean, really easily because of just the process, what happened. Dick as thieves was made during literally another time like, another business model, where, uh, it, it, that movie was sold on foreign pre-sales based on Alec Baldwin's name, which, that business doesn't occur anymore, you know, it's like the whole other, another thing, based on, like, you know, DVD sales and stuff, like, so, um, are you saying, so, like, did we get, did I get to make the movie I wanted to make in both instances, or
2: did... Well, I, I sensed while watching The Speeds that you didn't, because... The, I did. Really? The, no, that, that was the movie I wanted to make. Because yes, the comedic stuff was more, you know, was more focused and uh-huh. the, the asides were what was, well, was well, more focused and more attention yeah, on that. The, the Thick Seas was a serious book, a serious, just pretty much dime
0: store crime novel, mm-hmm. and I always wanted to make it more comedic, like, you know, and, and Mike certainly brought a lot of that to Thick Seas. I mean, like, I mean, the funniest moments in Thick Seas Mike came up with, um, but uh, uh, that you know, like in Thickest Thieves, the dog mm-hmm. in the book. See, this is where I get in trouble. But in the book, that was a woman, and she had so little to do that I changed her to a dog, and it actually works better as a dog. Well, he cares about the dog. I and she <laughs> didn't care about. I know, but she's like a stripper in, in, in the book, and she, you know, it's the, she serves the same plot purpose. She
2: didn't say anything, she didn't do anything. I was like, you know, she didn't even have to say anything. She'd be a you know, a dying dog, so. Was the distribution hurt by Out of Sight being kind of similar and had a similar tone, or... No, the, dis- the distribution, what happened with that is we, we sold it before Sundance. We got it. We didn't know we
0: are going to get a Sundance, and we sold the movie beforehand to October Films. October Films then got bought by USA. USA sold it to HBO, so it okay. didn't get the actual distribution. But it, it played a lot on HBO, so.
1: So... Um, you said in an interview, Scott, that when you made this film, you wanted it to be like pure exploitation with no real agenda. But given the timing of it being shown during Sundance, like around Obama's election,
0: like on the day, yeah, uh, <laughs> so, hours before, <laughs> so, that was pretty interesting. So, yeah,
1: how did you guys decide that this was the right time to make a black exploitation film?
0: Well, we, I mean, when we were making the movie, I mean. There was no Obama in yeah. sight, you know. I mean, it was. I mean, I think Hillary Clinton at that time was just thinking about running for president. So, I mean, it for us it was great. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, you know, I mean, just selfishly, I'm glad he won because it makes the movie funnier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's like it really looks like it's, it's anachronistic. You're really looking back at this thing, and it's like, you know, it, it, it was it was actually wild. It's on on like on on. The day, you know, we had a screening on on, uh, on on the day he was inaugurated. And there's a scene in the movie where, like, you know, the corrupt politicians going, we're going to go from the poor house to the white house. And everybody, like a Sundance, cheers. And that's like, that's completely not the intention of that scene. If he's just like some corrupt, evil politician, which is a, you know, a, a sort of a thing that's in black exploitation movies. There's always the evil black politician that the hero has to, like, you know, get revenge on. So, it, it made the movie more interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, it, uh, that's the funny thing. I like, the funny thing about with movies, there's so much, you have to have so much lead time going up to it. I mean, we, sh- you know, we shot it in, you know, at the end of 2007. So, you know, it was just a long time ago. I want to ask you both about black exploitation movies. At one
1: time, you know, kind of looked down upon you know, um, people were embarrassed by them. They said if they weren't. You know, although they obviously include a lot of black actors, they were kind of frowned upon. And then there seems to be a whole revisionist look at them. I was wondering how you saw them then, how you saw them now. Were you fans of them growing up, or you know, just your whole? Uh, we you thought of that whole. Well, I, I certainly was a fan of them for a not number of reasons. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of really great films got got. Uh, stuck with the moniker of black exploitation, like there was some negative thing. Um, well, a lot, a lot of these, I mean, a lot of these urban movies, which is that exactly what they were, mm-hmm. urban movies. Um, uh, they 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 really saved Hollywood I mean, because you know they, there was um, foreign films got very popular and television got very popular, and the proceeds for for box office were, were dismal. And then the next thing you know, it's like. They start. Um, Mario Van Peoples makes this movie that people are turning out to over and over, and there and then comes Shaft and all these things, and it becomes this big money maker that that they would use like a quarter of a normal budget for a film, and you know all this money was being made. So that then they started churning these things out, not caring about the quality. Thus, the black exploitation. Mm-hmm you know, word comes up. But all the while, during that time, there were very, very good movies being made. And that, unfortunately, got stuck with that. It's unfortunate because it's like, it's not like Westerns got stuck with a negative word, like west west Westploitation or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a tremendous source of pride for disenfranchised people who never saw themselves represented beyond being a, a porter or, or a chef or a waiter. And then here you have somebody—you have the Jim Browns and Fred Williamson's—and all these people are dashing, leading men who get the girl and, and defeat the evil. And so, you know, like Shaft, who didn't want to be like that? He, he was a hero to not only black kids but white kids as well. Mm-hmm. And so, those type of films, those type of urban action films, were continually being made. But then there were the, the bad ones as well. And. And, and actually, you, you had the NAACP really gave birth to that that word. Um, they really were after the, the stopping of those really exploitive ones. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, like it's unfortunate I, that that word just has this connotation even today of of being you know it's, it's kind of of some kind of bad film or or that any movie that was done black during that time was a black exploitation movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, as I say, it's unfortunate. We we want to represent, and we try to represent the the whole genre, the good and the bad. Sometimes you know, it's it's a, a it's a funny source of a material, of course, when you've got like movies that only have like they have that the budgets are so low that you can only have one take. And if that boom got in that shot, it got into the movie. And you know, we we try to show and have fun with those elements as well. But also, there's that, that sense of pride. One of my favorite scenes is one of those things when Black Dynamite goes and, you and know, seeks out his friend Bullhorn. There's something about that scene that that strikes me as very genuine to the, the, the feeling a lot of those movies had. That's when it was like the Brotherhood phase was really strong back then. And you saw that in the movies. And you saw that people were uh, together for a cause. So, I mean, I, th- I think that's some of the, s- the special stuff that those movies brought out that I wanted to
0: bring back to life. Did you, did you grow up with them too? Or? Um, I mean, I came to them, I think, a little later. I mean, I saw, like, uh, my first real exploitation memory was going to uh, a triple feature of just kind of crazy movies. And I, I saw a, a, a trailer for Sheba Baby. And you know, with Pam Greer, and it was just a funny scene where she's got a gun on a pimp, and he's just talking in pimp talk. So I, I, I mean, I didn't see them really in a way where it was in like, oh, these are guys I'm looking up to. It just, it just I just didn't encounter them that way. Um, but uh, I always was drawn to them, and then I kind of came up after that through the through the Dolomite route, you know, where like I just thought they were really entertaining and fun, you know. I heard another in interview you guys were talking about possibly doing a sequel but uh, since Black Dynamite took out the man <laughs> how, do you, how do you guys think you can, uh, you can do like a who would <laughs> be a better man yeah, than the one we get, get. yeah, yeah. scream Black Dynamite screams
1: yeah there's some interesting ways to go I don't want to really count chickens before they hatch we have to really see how this one does mm-hmm. but yeah there's, there's a lot of fun material there's a lot of stuff we didn't get a chance to
0: do mm-hmm. in this one so, yeah. and we also have the cartoon too. So, I think the fun thing about the cartoon is we can ex- explore kind of our wilder ideas that maybe don't fit in in the context of the movie. You know, in the cartoon, because then you can get like fantastical. You know, yeah. and if uh, since we have a black president now, if uh, Black Dynamite had to take out the man, how 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 would that go? Back? <laughs> If he had to take him out, if he to, yeah, if, yeah.
2: If he was old, like Dynamite was great, <laughs> like Dynamite Junior. I would. They, yeah. uh, See, that's the thing. It's like
0: we're like to me, Black Expectation is so much a part of 1971 and 1975. You know, because then you had like at, by 1975, like disco comes along. Jaws comes along like the whole world changes you know and so like lots of times like right now like you know Black Dynamite's doing pretty well at the film festival circuit and it's getting attention in Hollywood and so people go well let's make today's Superfly well I, I don't know what that is like what's today's Superfly there's nobody looking like Superfly I mean it'd be like if Superfly just walked out in night, you know in those clothes and yeah. it's like who's this dude <laughs> you
1: know yeah like, like today's and Mac was really a, that, that was a Hustle
2: and Flow yeah, well, that that's, Bones is the other one I was thinking of. The one with Snoop Dogg is the sort of oh, a horror movie, but it's <laughs> like, <laughs> like Blackula. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's yeah. a Pimp, and it, it's, yeah. it's it's a similar, obviously aping the yeah. style of exploitation
1: films. But the fact <laughs> is, I mean, just as a story of a guy getting by, you know, I mean, Hustle and Flow is a story of uh, a pimp and whatever. Yeah. That's what you know the Mac was back then, but. But you the you aesthetics are all different. You know? Yeah, yeah, but you know, so it's unless you did it like that, then it's not quite the same. Right. right the right. world is absolutely different. It's like piggybacking off what you said. It's just it's this one. The black exploitation era was one real area, era that it's just like when they had the disco movie. And it's like, can you
0: do a disco movie
1: now?
2: Yeah. it's yeah, like say like
0: make, be, like, I mean, but they'll do that in Hollywood, you know? Like they go, okay, could you make the Saturday Night Fever? It's like. With disco? (laughs) 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 You know what I mean? It's like, you know what I mean? It's like the same kind of thing. It would
2: be roll bounce. Huh?
0: That would be roll bounce, wouldn't it? No, that was a pretty
2: piece. Right, it was a pretty piece. you know, But
0: you know what I'm saying? It's like all of a sudden it then becomes a different thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we want a modern day Saturday Night Fever, but not with disco or something else. Well then, all of a sudden, you know what I mean? That's like, okay. When you say black exploitation, that's like, and it's pretty specific. Yeah. Yeah. That's our thing that we our little things. Like <laughs> sometimes like people it's like you know what I mean? It's like we have a much more specific vision of it in our head than I think a lot of people do. Like sometimes they they're like you know what I mean, like just like I said, like you know, make super body
2: today and it's like it doesn't I can't put the pieces together well, in my When head. I'm sorry. No, it's no, no, yeah. oh, yeah. no. When they when they tried to do that maybe 10-12 years ago, Original Gangsters, w- with which Larry Cohen actually directed, and he had made Hell Up in Harlem and a few others, um, considering that that was clearly exploiting the notion of black exploitation, I mean that it, it almost seems like they're mm-hmm. not even interested in making a good movie. They're just interested in combining as many of those era stars as possible. Mm-hmm. Does that make you look differently at say someone like Fred Williamson or Jim Brown or people who appeared in that film who got their stardom? Based on something 20 years earlier, you know that that it was less that they're that they're that they're sort of exploiting their name based on sort of the wrong criteria. Well, no, I just you know this is another movie that
1: just, this is a movie that, that's not nothing it's nothing to do with the black exploitation era only that people are, yeah are from there. Just like sometimes I like, people say Jackie Brown was a black exploitation movie, and it's like there's nothing about that. That's that's yeah. from the that era other than Pam Greer and it's so it's not. The ethos well, you know,
2: Ritual Gangsta everyone, it's them, very yeah. deliberate you yeah. t- to make reference to. I mean, if I was, like,
0: you know, take a gig, you know I mean? Yeah, I that's just
2: for a gig, gig but, for them.
1: but it's not like, you know, they're coming out of uh, Vietnam, and, you know, there's this mistrust of government, there's this, just the whole um, politics. Yeah. In black exploitation movies, is a specific thing, yeah. you know what I mean? I mean, people were, that black power movie, all that stuff is just part of the whole thing, the way everybody dealt with each
0: other, it's like a specific time, so, yeah. I'll just, I'll, here's an example, just from, that's in mm-hmm. Black Dynamite, and it's also in a whole bunch of other black exploitation movies, and why it's so specific, because it's, it's so ridiculous, there's a movie that's called, The Spook Who Sat Behind the Door, it's like a, like a guy, a black guy goes to the CIA, I've seen it, okay, 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 yeah, okay, the whole movie, it's like them plotting to overthrow the government in the kitchen. Like, that's a perfectly legitimate part. In, in a Black Spotation movie, that's, like, dead serious, you know? Like And so, like, in Black Dynamite, we have, you know, a scene with, like, two guys doing kung fu in a, in a living room. You know, Black Panther's doing the kung fu in a living room. But it's, like, it's really hard to, you know, we're playing it serious, too, even though it's a joke. But, like, it's hard to then take that out, something like that, and then really, like, okay, now we're going to make the 2009
2: version of, like, Five Guys. Well, was that they stuff sort it. of a partial reference? Because when I was watching it, I'm like, well, they, got, they nailed down a few things, specifically the way that Shaft, the ending of Shaft is absolutely ridiculous in that they spend 20 minutes of screen time setting up this elaborate plan where they're going to break into this hotel, and mm-hmm. the plan turns out to be that he flies right through the window, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. And, and that I'm like, cool, well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but they <laughs> spent so much time, yeah. that they're like, wait, that was, you could have done that without <laughs> setting all that up. To, was that, I'm assuming that there was part of it, like, you know, that there's this huge elaborate plan and then it's just, well, well we're just going to run in and do it that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, was that part of the thinking?
1: Well, it, it, well uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of, well, we didn't just, I, I stole certain things from Shaft, yeah. like you, you see, I, I come down on the rope and yeah. all that type in right. the leather coat. But, 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 um, but like that, like Shaft, where you can see there's this transparent attempt to make something cool, and you see what the result is. It's like it's kind of like part of the the, the the silent character is the screenwriter. Like we're it's like these revolutionary type of screenwriters that says this is gonna be cool, and 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 they create their their ultimate badass and they have their political agendas just interwoven throughout the thing. Well, not just interwoven, but just like bashed on top. over, yeah, bashing <laughs> over the head. So the black exploitation element is quite, quite you know, strong there. Just like you can see the bad mechanics in that. That's mm-hmm. what we also wanted to show. You know,
0: yeah, like 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 the thing where like the black exploitation hero, like black dynamite, like what's his job? You know, like right. I'm—he's a professional badass. It's that's like, his job. You know, it's like it's just like uh, oh yeah, I was in Vietnam, oh, and I was in the CIA, and also I kind of have this brothel, like. <laughs> Who is
2: that? You know, that, that's like a function of something that's like a fantasy in somebody's head. You know, in terms of Shaft, uh, if you if you watch it and pay a lot of attention, they they spend the whole movie calling him an Uncle Tom. And if you're paying enough attention, he kind of is because he sleeps with, he cheats on his black girlfriend with with white women, and he kind of keeps selling out over and over and over and over and over. Was there any thought to perhaps putting that in the Black Dynamite character? Because there's one, I think there's one point where you. Where he's called an Uncle Tom, and then you refute it. But yeah, it's nothing no, nothing to do with that. I mean, Shaft just there's,
1: there's a there's a guy just called him called him that who didn't quite understand. You know, that was a, that was very early on. But no, we didn't. It, that's it, we we try to do homage sure, to a lot of bigger storyline type mm-hmm. of things like mm-hmm. um, you know the well, conspiratorial thing, the wildly. Uh, conspiratorial thing that leads to the top and try to focus on that stuff a little bit more. Right. So through this film or just in general, what would be your message to people that denounce black exploitation films for
2: negative stereotypes of black people?
0: Okay, here's my, I have a, a, a generalized, I'm, I'm working on my generalized <laughs> black truism <laughs> for you. I think that black people, just, and this is my own general truism, once we're done with something as a group, we're really, really done with it. And so you just kind of move on real fast to the next thing and then, like, kind of denounce the last thing even though you are completely participating in the last thing. When Okay, I'll give you a, an example. And so sometimes I would go back and look at the last thing and you're like, the last thing wasn't that horrible. You know what I mean? Like, when Amos and Andy came out, okay, Amos and Andy comes out, it's like the first time black people are on television okay, my, all my relatives, I mean, I remember when Amos and Andy, they all sit around the television watching Amos and Andy, because it's like, a you know, a, a, a comedy show, with, with black people, it's like, is, and so, at some point, a group comes in and says, Amos and Andy's negative, and I was like, I was going to watch Amos and Andy, and I was like, it's not that negative versus soul playing, you know, it's not, I mean, it's, Honestly, is Amos is, I mean, they're great performances. Like, Kingfish, you know, is a great performer. That's comedy, you know. Is it more, I mean, there are lots of things that are way more offensive, but because it was before, it's like once we're done with something, we just kind of move on and don't, like, kind of absorb the whole history of something or, like, look back at it and, and, and kind of break it open and kind of analyze it. It's just like, well, that was negative because it was, 5 years ago, or 10 years ago, or 30 years ago, or 50 years ago. I mean, there's there's a historical context to things. There's a, there's a historical context to step and fetch it. You know what I mean? You have to look at, like, the world that he lived in and had to perform in and all that kind of thing before he can just be just, you know, wholly denounced. And so, I mean, it's just like what Mike was saying about, like, you know, there's, there's, there's a whole world of looking at, you know, Black history and Black entertainment without just roundly denouncing it. I just think that's kind of a, a, a sort of an a unanalytical way of looking at things. So yeah, and, then,
1: yeah. And, and how can you say, like, those who might want to say that there's, there's something, you know, negative about it, it's like I challenge people all the time. I'm like, okay, the, Black people were judging the same criteria it was for, for white leads. Yeah, they were they, they were the handsome. They were they were leading people. They were the smart person. They were they were all these things. When I when I name all of these stars, whether it be from Billy D. Williams, um, you know uh, Richard Roundtree, Jim Brown, Fred Williamson, J- Jim Kelly, Calvin Lock, I just keep on going. You 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 you're talking about people who when you I challenge you to think nowadays where are they? Where is anybody like that? We had a we had a. Um, Sidney Poitier which, which was a different guy. Arguably, that's kind of like the Denzel Washington of the day. But where are all the other ones? Where? I mean, do we have more positive role models now than we had back then? And they said, where's our Pam Greer? Where's our Tamara Dobson? Where's our C- uh, Diane Carroll? Where's, look at all of those very powerful people. And and if that era, which I think I call urban movies urban entertainment didn't give birth to some of the greatest performers that we ever had what, what if they that didn't, never existed and I mean these are people who gave gave uh, these strong images to our mothers and aunts and grandmothers and all that you know I feel like how in the world can that be negative? You know, it's his own. you know, it's, it's, it's no way, but, I'm
2: it, glad you asked yeah, the question,
1: though. Yeah, so, yeah exactly, it, yeah. All all yeah, yeah, all the time. It's like they, just because they were black and came from that
0: era, they, they call it black exploitation. Yeah. This is like, this no, is like, so not fair. Yeah, I, you know? I mean, is, but it is that thing, though. It's just like once we get done with stuff, we are done with it. It's really hilarious. Like, when I was bringing it up with, 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 Mike, like, how, like, like you go you to, to a B.B. King concert. How many black people are at a B.B. King concert? Or at a Chuck Berry concert? Or, actually, at a Wu-Tang Clan concert. <laughs> she, she was just saying she's a ghostly killer. It's, it's and like, and it's, it's all white people, because it's like, it's just, it's move, we just move so quick to like the next thing, you know? So I don't
1: know. So given that argument that you give, people are still saying the same stuff about Tyler Perry. You know, you you act in the entire Tyler Perry film, so mm-hmm. do you give that same argument to people about Tyler Perry films? Yeah, I, 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 I tell people... I, I, I can understand certain gripes some some people might have, but weigh it equal, weigh weigh the good and the bad. One of the reasons why his movies are so successful is that it shows people in a positive light, and nothing, no one else has been doing that. There are people who are starved to say, "Hey." We can, you know, this is not my, exp- my experience is not one that we, you know, we kill each other and everything else. And so, the, and these people uh, applaud and go to his movies and and just ignore some of the other elements. because Just because they say that we, we are represented in every one of his movies has uh, representations with dignity. And and in values, and you know what I mean. That's that's why he's embraced so much, because there's not a movie that doesn't doesn't have that. You know, so it's like, let people complain, but show me something else that's more positive. We get to the perfunctory thing.
2: Everybody
1: okay. everybody <laughs> um, <laughs> um First of all, can you tell me what the shooting schedule was, and
0: also. How you got this incredible cast together? Was it something where they heard about the project, or did you purchase these people separately? Or? Um, well, the shooting schedule was 20 days, and um, it was pretty rough, <laughs> but it, it was a lot of fun. We, you know, we used a lot. You know, a lot of there was stock, a lot of stock footage in the movie, so you know that took up some time. Um, and Mike can speak about the cast because most of those guys are his friends. Oh, okay. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Just came aboard and. Uh, yeah, call them, call them up
1: and say, you know. <laughs> hey, you want to be yeah, a pimp for the day? It's hard to turn that down. <laughs> yeah. You guys got everything, cosmetically. It's just the, the look of it, everything. Costume, oh, thank you. It's just perfect. It really is. Oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. <laughs> sure.